Hello, welcome to another review episode uh, with Carson and Paulo. Um, on today's episode, we are talking about quote-unquote fun action movies, um, where we are talking about two movies that we will very much disagree on, one being Netflix's The Gray Man uh, with Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans, and the other being The Roundup, uh, which is a, a recent Korean action movie. Um, we're going to be doing this in the style of, I guess, dueling reviews. Uh, we're going to talk about both at the same time. Uh, I liked the roundup much more. Paulo, I think you liked the gray man much more. Um, much more. <laughs> I, I am probably irrationally upset about the gray man because everyone keeps telling me, oh, it's just a fun movie. Just like turn your brain off and enjoy it. And I was incredibly bored the entire time. Um, I guess we will we will go into why throughout this conversation. But uh, this is probably the most notes I've made for a podcast episode in a while because the, I want to make sure I get all of my complaints out because I have numerous. So you have so, all these notes about the gray men. <laughs> I have very few about the roundup. Yeah. Um, but yeah, <laughs> okay. I, I actually went, I, I skimmed through it this morning just to remind myself of all of the scenes so that I could make sure you know, here's a, here's a scene I need to complain about. Um, is, is there anything else you want to, you want to say before we dive into it? I, I'm just going to be very, I, I'm going to be reactionary for, I think for most of this, uh, but I, I do have points to get out. I'll, I'll, I'll save them. Um, like you said, I, I enjoyed the gray man a lot more than the roundup. And I like, I'd like to get it out of the way early on so I don't have to keep repeating myself. But I, I understand that The Gray Man is not, like, quote, unquote, a good movie. Um, I am very much on the side. I'm probably one of those people. I mean, if, if I had spoken to you earlier about this, I would have been one of those people where I saying that it's one of those just dumb, fun action movies. Turn your brain off. Yes, I agree with that. Um, and... Uh, yeah, I mean, like, I'm not going to go too much more into that, but I think that's like the really the most apt description of the Gray Man. Um, and and so that's yeah, specifically let's, let's why I chose the Roundup because there's a few points where I'm going to compare this to actually good movies, and I don't think that's fair because I I, I would agree that like the Gray Man is not an Academy Award winning movie, neither is the Roundup, but like. Even in even if all you're trying to accomplish is just like turn your brain off and enjoy it, it utterly failed at that for me. Like I was <laughs> bored and annoyed the whole time. Whereas the roundup, also not aiming to be an amazing movie, but I had fun. I, I could turn my brain off and I could be like, eh, here's some fun characters doing some fun things. I don't think it was the most fun movie I've ever seen, but it's like when people say turn your brain off, have like just, you know, enjoy the movie. Yeah. Roundup accomplished that. Gray Man very much did not. So I'll, I'll make my first point because I want to get this out of the way too uh, about the roundup. But um, it's the one big problem that I had is that, uh, and I can't hold, I can't really hold this against the roundup because um, I'm sure Korean people understand it. <laughs> um, it is a Korean movie for like context for anyone listening, um, and like I kind of had to turn my brain on like a lot more to kind of follow what was going on like there's obviously the language barrier there's certain things that like i don't know how to describe um i, I feel like they're they're kind of 
like when you look at the translation, it's it's obviously not certain things don't hit the same way. Like if they're talking trash to each other, like it obviously sounds better in Korean than if you're reading the Eng the literal English translate translation. So it doesn't hit as hard. So that was kind of a problem for me. And also, like at one point, I I went up, I got up to get myself some tea. Um, so and when I got back, I had no idea what was happening anymore. <laughs> So, I mean, again, things I can't really hold against it, but it's like, it's not exactly what I'm looking for if it's, if I want like a turn your brain off um, and have fun type movie. I mean, the action was good and we can get more into that later, but yeah, that was like a difficulty I, I had. I, I'm not even going to say that the action was that good in the roundup, but um, yeah, we're going to, anyway, so <laughs> introing the gray man, um, because I, I, this is a point that's going to feed into some of my, my points later on. Um, directed by Joe and Anthony Russo, who directed uh, the last two Avengers movies, as well as uh, Captain America 2 and Captain America Civil War, um, which you can see a lot of Avengers Endgame and Infinity War. Um, if you look up the, the stunt coordinators and all that, they brought the whole crew along. Um, this is very much like a, a Marvel movie. Um, Marvel is not great at action. And like, I'm not even going to like shit on Marvel here. It's like the, the value of those movies is you have the fun characters and the fun outfits and they're doing kind of, you know, saying quippy things while they're fighting. But as a pure action movie, they're not particularly that great. And this is actually a question I was going to give you time to prep about this, but I forgot. Um, what would you say are like your top three favorite action scenes in the Marvel Cinematic, Cinematic Universe? And not just scenes that are scenes that you like that happen to have action in them, but like you actually liked the action the most, like what comes to mind for you? Oh, geez. Um, yeah, I could have used some, <laughs> some time to prepare on that one. I think mostly I, I, I get, I understand what you're getting at that the, the action is not like nothing really stands out with like 50 Marvel movies. I can't really, uh, maybe it's best that I didn't prepare because it's more of a natural answer. Like nothing really stands out. I mean, maybe, um, the, the winter soldier, um, um, like some of the, the fights in that one, because they're a lot more grounded. They're more like realistic. It's like hand to hand. It's not like people staring at each other because of laser eyes or like <laughs> reaching out with their hands. So like the CGI can do all the fighting. Cause there's a lot of that. Obviously they're superheroes. They, not a lot of people are, punching each other um yeah which was my biggest complaint about multiverse of madness where it's just a bunch of people shooting different colored lasers at each other and you don't <laughs> fully understand what's going on but you don't yeah. need to like i don't think that's a requirement whereas like the gray man is an action movie the action needs to be good you can't hinge it on the characters the same way that the marvel cinematic universe does and it's like they have a lot of forgettable action scenes and it's fine um, oddly enough, I think my favorite action scene from all of the Marvel movies is one that the Russo brothers did, which is at the end of Civil War when Iron Man is fighting Cap and uh, Winter Soldier at the very right. end. Um, I actually thought that was like a half-decent fight scene, um, whereas a lot of it is very forgettable. And that's like one of my biggest complaints about this movie is this is a pure action movie, but it has the same type of action that a Marvel movie would have, which is pretty forgettable. Um but I'm going to go into more detail because I'm going to go scene by scene through this movie because I have <laughs> specific complaints, maybe not every single scene, but most scenes. Okay. So this is the format that I'm going to talk about this in. Uh, opening credits slash opening scene. 
the the introduction of our characters and i think i'll I'll double this one up of introduction of ryan gosling's character and later on the introduction of chris evans character and i'm going to compare this to the roundup but also some other better movies okay in general terrible (laughs) yes like that's a very important part of like the whole movie is grounded on ryan gosling versus chris evans you need to introduce those characters to make you care about them um, Ryan Gosling's character is basically just sitting in jail with Billy Bob Thornton coming in and saying, you're, you're in jail, but I think you're good. And they're just saying things about the character. And you're good at killing bad guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, what I want to see is show me who the character is. Um, obviously uh, there's maybe an unfair comparison, but one of the best versions of this is Indiana Jones. Um, the first movie where you have that fun scene where he's going, you know, through those caves and, you know, you get to see who he is as a character. It's not just another character telling us who Indiana Jones is. Uh, you see that he's, you know, follow, like, obviously he's an archaeologist. He's going on adventure. He can do action scenes. He has the person that he cares about. He's too trusting, blah, blah, blah. You also meet his nemesis. But it's a, it's a very good introduction of a character by showing you who he is. Doesn't necessarily need to be about the plot of the movie. Yeah. Whereas um, the Roundup, I think, does an okay version. And I don't know if you know this, but the Roundup is a sequel uh, to a movie that I didn't watch either. Um, <laughs> nope, no idea. <laughs> but you get that initial scene where he's going into a convenience store. Some guy is like throwing a knife around, and you know, just a very simple. He disobeys orders. He goes in. He's cocky. He beats up the the bad guy. And cool. he punches a guy through a wall. <laughs> yes. One of the comical parts of the roundup for me was just how overpowered he is. It's like you yeah. see him punch and then somebody goes flying across a room, which has annoyed me in other movies, but I kind of gave it a pass because of this movie being a bit goofy. Um, but anyway, it's like, that's just a very simple thing. Show me who the character is. Don't tell me. Whereas um, the one that annoyed me more was the introduction of Chris Evans character, where it's just like, cia lady in the bathroom saying he's a psychopath his <laughs> methods are horrible and then there's an opportunity for us to get to see that when we see him for the first time and he's torturing somebody except you don't actually see him torture anybody you just like half a second and the guy starts like confessing and it's like okay he yeah. tortures somebody but like I-, I need to see that scene a bit more like i don't really feel anything for this character because somebody is saying it yeah, I mean, I'll agree with you. Like, this is probably the biggest thing I'll agree with you for between the two movies. Um, and like you said, like the Chris Evans um, as the bad guy in The Gray Man, that his introduction is marginally better than uh, Ryan Gosling's as the, the protagonist, which is really, like, I agree. It's really bad because literally first scene of the movie, you're introduced to Ryan Gosling and he, like... He he's already not very charismatic as it is, um, and that's another level of like us having to be told. Like Billy Bob Thornton is like asking him a question, then Ryan Gosling gives some quip that is not great and or memorable, and he's and Billy Bob Thornton's like, oh, I get it, you're glib. So like the audience is like, oh, okay, he's glib. This is what like this is what we got to know about him. Aside from like you kill bad guys and you're gonna be good now for whatever reason it, um, and also there's like the whole thing about him killing his dad because his dad was abusive actually comes up later in the movie and it's like that first scene would have been a good opportunity to 
foreshadow or give us some information because they really like pull some stuff out of thin air later in the movie, which I'll get to. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's just like they don't true. do a very good job of even giving you the required information that you need to know about him. They give you kind of like the bare minimum. Yeah. Um, and I think part of it is they're trying to set up a cinematic universe with this. And so, again, <laughs> linking back to Marvel, they don't want to give you all the information because they want to set up future movies. But this is the first movie. I really need that information about these characters because I don't know who they are. If anything, that's the only information you need in that first movie. Um, like, because, yeah, like you said, we don't we don't get that at all. So fine. I, I agree with that. I'm like more of my arguments in support of are actually about the action, which you've mentioned. I kind of disagree. I, sorry, I don't, I don't know if we're going to derail your your order of complaints here. <laughs> but um, I actually did enjoy the action quite a bit in The Gray Man. Um, like, so I'll go through each of these because I okay. have some <laughs> specific complaint. And, and I'm kind of interested of like, because I think some of them are better than others, obviously. Um, but the first two fights, I have a very similar complaint against. And that is the, the fight where he fights Sierra 4, um, a.k.a. KGB, uh, or sorry, the KG Beast from the DC movies, uh, which is his character's name that you never actually get to hear his name. But the guy who... Oh, he's like Dining Car or something. Uh, he, he's That's the guy who threatens to blow up Superman's mom. And with the oh no! Sorry, I'm he... talking. I'm talking about his name in the Gray Ooh, Man. Is that his? Okay. Yes. Um, it's like yeah, there's the fight with him, or something weird like that. And then there's the the second fight on the airplane. And in both of these fights, you don't get to see anything that's going on because in the first one, there's fireworks going off all around them. You don't get to see any of the action. And then in the airplane, for some reason, he pulls out like a smoke grenade and starts like throwing smoke all over the scene, which once again. <laughs> You don't see any of the action going on, which it's an action movie. I would like to see the action. Uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, like it, you still see enough of it. Like I, I, I don't think I had a problem with either of those two. I think my issue with the airplane fight scene would have been like more of that. That one was a little more forgettable. The, the opening fight scene with the, the Sierra four, that one was it was okay it was cool um like with the fireworks going off and like them like directing fireworks at each other that was that was all right the concept of it was okay but i think so here here's one of the unfair comparisons because it's like a really good fight scene um in and i forget which one but one of the I forget his name but the most recent james bond movies um he's doing an assassination on top of like a building in progress and then there's like the shiny lights of hong kong or something in the background and you get to see the two people fighting in the foreground um, mm -hmm. i should have looked up which one this is but it's, it's a really good example <laughs> of like flashy exterior people having a fight and it's like you don't get to see the individual faces but you see the silhouettes against it and it's a really good combination of a fight scene with flashy lights whereas in this one the flashy lights are between the characters and the camera so it's just blocking the action, whereas the other one is like creating contrast in the background. And so started off with what I thought were two boring, meaningless fights, which I was like, okay, it's an action movie. Did you hire actors who can't do fight scenes and you need to hide it the whole time? I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but I was annoyed by those first two ones. I mean, like, yeah, like I said, it's probably going to be a common theme throughout the, the like review in the gray man but i like i really didn't have any issues with the action like i think ryan gosling pr that was probably the best part of what he did like 
he, he was like the action scenes like he was in I thought were good I feel like he wasn't charismatic enough to be like a really like a like a protagonist that you really cared about like he was very one note the whole way through um and I think that's just kind of maybe like a limitation of his range <laughs> and I like Ryan Gosling as an actor, um, the movies he did drive and also only God forgives. I don't know if you've seen that one, but like, I don't mind a one note character. I think like you can build a story around that. I think they tried to make him too much of the Marvel leading character making jokes and all that. And that's really not his forte. Like, but yeah. I wouldn't have minded him being the more kind of grounded character with Chris Evans being the eccentric one. Um, but it's like the, it didn't quite find that balance for me, but that wasn't why I, dislike the movie i wouldn't say like i disliked ryan gosling's character in general yeah and I, I mean like it's a weird balance for me too because even though i say that he was kind of one note the whole time like i still liked seeing what he was doing um and then sorry going back to the action like i thought he did a good job same with uh anna diarmas um but i'm biased when it comes to her <laughs> um I, i'm not upset with and Ade Armas's character either. She did fine in the supporting role that she was. Yeah. But um yeah, I don't know. Like I I think the my my I'm not going to say love, my like for the action in the Grey Man, I think it'll come out a little bit more as we go through more of your scenes that you're going to complain about. So we can move past the first two. Like I I guess I I get what you're saying. I I didn't see it as as much of a problem in terms of like the visibility or like how it was shot. I will say like the, the firework fight, it kind of looked like really glossy. Like, like it was just, there was a lot of CGI, even though they were just kind of in moments when they were just kind of standing there. So it was a little unnecessary and it just kind of took you out of it a little bit, but that's probably my only minor gripe about it. Um, I think at this point in the movie is when we get introduced to the, uh, cia people who end up being well i guess this guy is famous because of bridgerton is which is a series i've never watched and is also rumored to be the next bond so this is the first thing i've watched him in probably some of the worst acting i've seen and like (laughs) okay worst acting i've seen in like such a big movie like this that it's like i saw him and i was like oh i recognize this guy people like this guy he's probably gonna have an interesting character it it was terrible. His, his whole, every time his character came on the screen, he just said something stupid that took me out of the movie. And I don't, I, I don't know if this was like, I don't know if you've seen Bridgerton or anything else that he's been in. Like, I don't know if this is like mm-hmm. an oddly not good performance for him, but it just like, I was shocked by how terrible that character was. I mean, yeah, I haven't, I've seen like my wife has watched Bridgerton while I've, I've been in the room. I don't know. I, didn't watch enough of him to know how good of an actor he really is. Um, I mean, I, he didn't, he wasn't anything special, um, but he didn't seem that bad to me. Like he didn't seem especially bad um, in terms of his acting. Like, is there something? Okay. Maybe it's not his acting. Maybe it's more the writing of his character because like, if you think about it, a lot of the movie does hinge on who his character is and what he's doing because, you know, the whole thing is that Ryan Gosling finds secrets about him and that he's kind of mm-hmm. whatever, doing bad illegal shit as like the CIA 
director, whoever he is. First of all, he seems way too young to be that type of character. Um, Fair. And then for someone who's supposed to be this highly intelligent person who rose up through the ranks and, you know, got to this position much younger than other people, he always keeps saying dumb shit. Like <laughs> when he was interrogating Ana de Armas at one point, he just like, never at any point did I believe that this guy had any credibility. And I think later on they did say something about like, oh, he rose through the ranks because he was corrupt and other people like helped him through the ranks. But it's, you know, Billy Bob Thornton's character wasn't the best character, but I could at least believe him as somebody who worked in the CIA and kept secrets and blah, blah, blah. Like yeah. his, his character was fine. But then like when you compare him to, I don't even remember the character's name, but Bridgerton a, guy, Bridgerton guy, it just like <laughs> he seemed really out of place. And then same with Jessica Henwick's character. It just I don't know, maybe because like they were kept having to say really dumb lines of dialogue that didn't make any sense, but it just like, I never felt like they were imposing villains at any point. Yeah, I would agree with that. Like, I, I understand that part. I, I don't know. If it, I don't think it was so much their performances that uh, as much as it was, they just didn't have a lot to work with. Like he, I think he did okay enough, especially in, sorry, Bridgerton guy. I think he did okay enough in like that first scene just to establish that, okay, he's kind of shady. Um, it was a little obvious just cause he was like, like to show that he was shady he was kind of just ordering ryan gosling to kill a kid who was in the way of his like assassination um I, so it's maybe not so much his performance more so like just kind of sledgehammer hitting over the head like this guy is supposed to be shady type stuff jessica henwick i like yeah i, I guess she was not she didn't she wasn't really that much of a character i have other complaints about her or sorry sorry maybe more so about the writing of her character later on in the movie i'm sure we'll get to that because this has to do with like how little anything makes sense in the green man <laughs> um but uh yeah okay I'll, I'll concede a little bit there um so compare this to and this is both chris evans and the cia people but compare it to the roundup um just switching back to that one the whole concept is uh he's called like the beast cop or something but giant uh korean cop guy um he's the guy from the eternals uh which Gilgamesh. is a movie i didn't dislike as much as most people did um not that i loved it but it was okay um but anyway he he has to go to thailand or vietnam to go like pick up somebody who they need to bring back to korea like a korean national and they get caught up in some you know kidnapping ring where somebody kidnaps koreans and always like extorts them for money blah 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 you get scenes that make it very clear that that guy is a bad guy and that he is someone to be feared like first of all good action good fight scenes from a few of those guys in like a few of the the fight scenes that they do in the beginning he also mm -hmm. like double crosses people in kind of like a reasonable manner that isn't just like comically bad and it's like <laughs> not the most amazing thing but it's throughout that movie i was like okay I understand this is the bad guy. He seems like this is what a person could be. And you fear what he might do at some point in the movie. So again, not the most amazing thing, but just a villain I care about, which is better than the gray man, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, like he did, he did do a good job of just like establishing how just bad and crazy he was. I don't know. Like, like, 
and here's where I'm going to have to ask you, like, are we just giving too much credit to Korean films? Because I was thinking about this while I was watching the roundup. Like, I, I feel like we just naturally, uh, we, we tend to just naturally give a few extra points to foreign films like Korean films um, as, as being automatically being better than like the standard. I would say the one advantage that they have is when the dialogue is not great. I feel like with international movies, you kind of fill it in with better dialogue and assume it's just some translation issue. So (laughs) you can't really appreciate dialogue being good or bad because you're, you're kind of going a lot off of the body language. So for some of the like really terrible lines of dialogue in the gray man, maybe if I was watching that in a different movie, I would have just been like, Oh, maybe they said that more subtly and not so <laughs> obviously uh, expositional. Yeah. Um, so maybe, but we, yeah, okay. I mean, like we do. T- I I feel like we do tend to give them the benefit of the doubt a little bit more. Um, um, and also like I might be reaching here, but like when it comes to the villain, I, sorry. Well, do you know his? Do you know his name? I don't in the roundup. <laughs> I because another thing. Also, not a knock on the movie. It's just my own ignorance. I it was very hard in the first like thirty to forty minutes of the roundup to know who was who. Um, there was a few of the like the bad guys in that original crew that kidnapped the Korean businessman that I couldn't really tell apart. <laughs> um, um, and the the main guy was one of them, but he helped that along by killing the rest of them. <laughs> so, um, but. What, sorry, what I was trying to get at was that, like, he, um, like, he did his thing too. Like I said, he established that he was crazy and just willing to kill anyone at any time for money. But then there was also a little bit of the like people just saying who he was, like when they were interrogating one of his crew a little later in the movie, right? Like he was saying, "Oh, when he got the movie, he, well, sorry, when he got the movie, when he got the money, he just became evil," which is kind of the same thing as like just telling you who he is. So there's a little bit of that. I don't think like we can exempt the roundup from from bits yeah, like that. I think that's fair because I mean, for me, the way that I saw that was it's a it was a little bit of like foreshadowing and building up the character, and then it actually delivers something. Um, whereas with Chris Evans' character in The Gray Man, I felt like it, it was almost like too over the top. Like he would uh, a grenade blows up and he throws one of his henchmen in front of him. Uh, or he'll like um just shoot the guy who finds him money and it's just like you start asking yourself like why would anyone follow this guy like how is he successful in anything he seems to be like burning a lot of bridges everywhere whereas like the i think his name is kang in uh in the roundup you can see like he was trying to develop a plan and then it kind of got out from underneath him because of like the other three guys kind of screwing up and then you know they end up killing the one character or the, the guy that they had kidnapped because it got taken too far. And then you get to see like the moment where he was like, Oh, you know, don't bury that body yet. We'll cut off the arm and then like use it to get a little like a little bit of money before yeah. we finish this. And it's like, okay, you get to see it deliver a little bit. And then there's a scene later on when a bunch of, I don't know, like mercenaries or assassins try to like ambush them. And then they work their way through that. And it's like, you see on the screen, that they're pretty badass and it's like that, that that that's a good fight scene that kind of delivers the image that you've been building up of him whereas like chris evans just shoots people and it's like <laughs> it's a little bit of a difference for me 
That's fair. And it's it's kind of hard to compare as well. Like just there is the factor of the familiar familiarity of Chris Evans and just to see him doing these things was like kind of entertaining in itself, which is also kind of cheating because it's like it's also banking on people knowing who Chris Evans is and knowing that he's like Captain America. Right. Um, I think that would have worked for me a little bit more if his character didn't seem so much like Ryan Reynolds, like the joke that he was making. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Like, especially with all the movies that Ryan Reynolds has done for Netflix, it almost felt like somebody wrote this for Ryan Reynolds and then he said no. And then they upgraded to Chris Evans somehow. Um, Yeah. Like, honestly, Chris Evans' performance is not what I'm going to, like, hinge my disappointment on. Like, he did pretty well with what he was given. The character was not written particularly well, but, like, it was kind of fun seeing him ham it up because, like, yeah, he he did an okay job. Yeah. But then also going back to something that you you kind of didn't like about his character, um, and I kind of enjoyed just because of the ridiculousness of it, is how, like, just how off the rails things were getting, especially with him just trying to... I don't even remember what they were trying to do. They were trying to get a, a girl or a thing, like a USB. Um, yeah, I, I think it was all hinging on, like, Chris Evans trying to get the MacGuffin for the CIA guy, right? And in throughout the course of that, he's, like, killing all these people, like, his own men and, like, foreign police officers and, like, blowing up city blocks and, like, um, derailing streetcars and all this shit. And, it's, and he's supposed to be, like, part of the CIA. And, like, like I, I don't know. It's just so like outlandish that i i kind of it added to the appeal for me a little bit just to see how dumb it was getting so the idea of him being like an outside contractor that the cia can use for deniability purposes like i'm i'm okay with that idea but none of it There's makes any to sense that. um yeah. so yeah let, let's talk about the prog fight scene um And just to mention, this is after another fight scene where you can't see anything, which is in Vienna, where he gets like trapped in the trap door, whatever. And then he builds up all the water and then has it explode so that there's vapor mist everywhere, preventing (laughs) you from being able to see what's going on in any of the fighting. But anyway, I've already made that point. We'll move past that. Let's talk about (laughs) Prague, which is in the beginning, you know, uh, Ryan Gosling has the MacGuffin, the USB drive that has all the information. They know where they are. Ryan Gosling does not know that they know where they are, and they are going to attack so that they can take the USB. There's a big fight scene, which I'm going to get into. With at the end, Chris Evans has revealed that his master plan was to do this big distraction so that his other guy knew where Ryan Gosling was, and Ryan Gosling didn't know where his guy was. And he's like, oh, you're not thinking on my level, but that's exactly where you were (laughs) At the beginning of the scene, which is knowing where he is and being able to attack without him knowing that. Um, so there was a whole pointless fight scene that like <laughs> is sure to have made every news or like news channel in the world. <laughs> yeah. um, but that just annoyed me. That, like, And that's part of why I don't fear Chris Evans' character at all, because nothing he does makes any sense. But he's being portrayed as a character that's hyper intelligent who has plans on top of plans on top of plans and it's like you've accomplished nothing and you've claimed to be smart because of it 
I mean, I, I feel like, okay, maybe this, where we disagree. Oh, for, sorry. First of all, I'm not going to argue with you at all <laughs> about how dumb the plot is <laughs> because I, there, I completely agree, but I actually, I, I like it for, I, I like it for that reason. Whereas it is one of your complaints. And I also understand that. Um, I, I will not argue against anyone who says they didn't like the movie because it didn't make any sense. Although I will say that is where the turn off your brain and just enjoy it comes in. Um, I think the where we disagree about Chris Evans is that I, I think I took his character in a different way in that he's not really like s smart. He's just kind of like a loose cannon. And it's it's just it's fully to the extreme of like the plausible deniability guy who's just insane and a loose cannon, but he's good at what he does. So he's just, like, he's just like a battering ram. Um, so compare that to recent mission impossible movie with Henry Cavill, who was playing very much that same type of character. Um, Tom Cruise is the one that goes in and like does the spy work. And then the whole thing about Henry Cavill's character is he's a battering ram. He goes in, you know, instead of a knife, he's a hammer. And yeah, it's like, yeah. they played that character much better because at no point in that movie did you think Henry Cavill character was supposed to be smart. He's just like big muscle guy who's going to do the bad thing and get the job done. Whereas like, they kept trying to make Chris Evans seem like he was a smart character. And he wasn't. Like, I would have appreciated it more if he was just, I'm a battering ram. I'm going to do whatever I can to get the job <laughs> done and I don't care about the consequences. But it's like, that's, I don't feel like that's how they were trying to make the character. Okay. I mean, I might have missed, maybe I missed something, but like, I, I didn't take any, like, uh, like I didn't see them trying to make him a smart guy. Um, it, it's mainly based on one scene. Like at the end of the prog scene, they're like, yeah, you're failing. What's your plan here? You're going to be in so much trouble. And then at the end <laughs> he gets away and then the lone wolf is following him and he's like, you can't, you're not on my level. You can't even comprehend my plans. And it's like, <laughs> the plan doesn't make any sense. Yeah, well, but see, like th that, I could have took of it as just like he's an insane person. And he's just bullshitting. Like, like the, the like you're talking about the Tamil guy, right? Yeah, yeah. the lone wolf. Because like I think it was kind of just by chance. You didn't even really know he was there until it's shown on the screen mm -hmm. that he's in the movie now, and it's just like I, I think it was kind of the same for the characters in that like he does know that he's like he's failing upwards. <laughs> And he's just kind of like locked out that the the lone wolf is actually still there or like following whatever it, the MacGuffin. If they would have portrayed it as such, I I probably wouldn't have been annoyed by that. I just never <laughs> got that impression that he didn't think that it was all some part of master plan. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, but going back to the whole prog fight scene, um the He's supposed to be at least somewhat decent at his job. Um, at this point, Ryan Gosling and Anna de Armas are talking to kind of the old lady and getting some information. Um, and then, like, they roll up on them. And immediately, there's just, like, four or five people from the ground level that just start shooting a window on the second level. <laughs> and it's like, yep. th this is like a spy movie. <laughs> like, you're supposed to go in, you break down the door, you throw in a... Like, literally anything other than just, like, stand outside and start shooting all at the same time. So that was pretty dumb, but it also leads to something which annoyed me because it was done twice, which is old person blows themselves up to sacrifice and like help them get away. <laughs> First time it happens in that prog scene, like the old lady blows herself up, but then they bring it back later in the movie. Billy Bob Thornton does Billy it. And it's like, okay, you can't do it twice. You only get that once. 
<laughs> find some other way to do it. Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, um, I didn't. I actually didn't even catch that they did that same thing twice. Uh, later, annoyed by the action in the the action scene that uh, follows that, um, the first time the old lady blows herself up, uh, which is Ryan Gosling handcuffed to a bench. Cops on one side, mercenaries on the other trying to get him. He's trying to avoid, <laughs> which I think is an interesting setup for an action scene. The problem being, you have no idea who is who or what side they're on or like what's going on. Like, I feel like you need at some point an overhead shot to say he's in the middle. Like, they kind of told us he was in the middle and that there's gun shooting. <laughs> but like, never at any point did I understand what the concept of the scene was what the stakes were like if they were getting close because it was just like a shot of people shooting and then some cops being shot and it's like are they close are they almost there is there like some geography in the way that he can help and it's like no it's just shooting and then eventually he gets away so i, I thought that was a wasted opportunity that's that's fair i mean so i i think what i have to give uh like the russo brothers credit for and like marvel as a whole um i think they get away with things like that so often because you're saying that like i didn't really i didn't really think that as the scene was happening um and it makes sense that sure it, 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 it's a fair um it's a fair complaint but they kind of like wipe they, they'll do something like that and then they'll wipe it all away with like a funny moment where like ryan gosling is that this is all happening and then ryan gosling he gets the gun like he's been trying to get the gun mm -hmm. for the whole scene because he's handcuffed to with the intention of like shooting his handcuff off and he finally gets it he shoots like a mercenary who like gets a little too close and then he tries to shoot and he's out of bullets and like that little moment i think was like enough for me to just not care about like how like the the structure of the scene right and i i don't i i don't know if that's necessarily a good thing or a bad thing when it comes to like making movies but i i, I think it's just an observation about how they can do something like something quote unquote dumb like that and get away with it because you're not really think at the end of it you're not thinking about that you're just thinking about oh this was a cool moment or a funny moment I will say it's one of my more like nitpicky complaints about the movie and it's less that it was bad and it was more that it was a missed opportunity because I feel like that's one of the the underrated elements that makes a good action scene which is understanding what's going on what what's around you like what's happening because understanding you know some of the different like possibilities or understanding the geography of what's going on helps understand the impact and consequences of things going on mid action scene. Um, the yeah. one really good example of this, which is way long time ago is seven samurai 1950s samurai movie. There's a, a big action scene at the end where uh, an army invades a little city that they're defending um, was later made into um, the magnificent seven. So they have a similar concept there. But they spend time, like a, a good five, ten minutes before the action scene, as that kind of that nice, quiet moment before the, the action, that they walk around the town. Um, and obviously there's a conversation going on between two characters, but they let you know, here's what the plan is. If we fail in this, we're going to go back to this. Um, and so when the fight's going on, you don't have to explain it. You don't have to have somebody giving expositional <laughs> dialogue to say like, oh, we need to retreat to this thing because you, you understand it as it's happening. And I just feel like there's certain scenes where I see that happening where it's like, okay, 
I understand what's going around. And even if the camera doesn't show it to me or someone doesn't say all the things, like I kind of understand the consequences of what's going on in this action scene because of all the surroundings. Um, and I just felt like that was, I didn't really, I, I literally didn't know who was who, like who was the cop, who was SWAT, <laughs> who was the mercenaries. And it's just like, there's just people getting shot. So for me, that well, made it a boring action scene. <laughs> well, the thing about that, Carson, is in The Gray Man, it doesn't matter who's who. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um, they go from that onto a, a tram fight, which I actually okay. watched it two or three times today because I did not understand why suddenly the tram started going full speed and not stopping. <laughs> and there That's is never like, explained, is it? There's a half second scene where somebody breaks like the break in emergency, which I think was their attempt, but I've never seen a, you know, break this glass to make the tram go full speed button. Um, it's like, usually you see somebody in a subway, you know, they, they push it to full speed and then they, they shoot the panel or whatever. So it can't stop. It's like, just, just show me that but they don't even show you that. And it's like, okay, for some reason this tram is going off the rails. Not, not my biggest argument because like it's an okay action scene. Like the idea of cars chasing it for some reason, there's also no passengers, nobody on that tram. Um, it just, it's one of those that didn't make any sense. It didn't particularly, it wasn't the worst action scene, but again, it's like, could have been better, you know, do a couple extra things to make it better. Yeah, I mean, this is also a scene where I think Ryan Gosling, Gosling was like running on top of the crashing tram and then jumping off onto the hood of Anna DRMS's car uh, without a scratch on him as like everything was exploding, I think. I'm not even sure if I'm exaggerating anymore. No, but... it, it like crashed into a building and he went flying and landed on the car and he was just okay. He was, yeah. <laughs> and in the next scene, yeah. I think he said that he, he didn't want to sit in the trunk because he was sore. And that's yeah. how they explained it. <laughs> yeah. And also, like, funny joke about how she keeps saving him. Haha, <laughs> I'd like to save you once. Um, so forget about all this other stuff that doesn't make sense. It's the formula. It's following the formula. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, in the roundup, uh, there is a not so much an action scene, but a scene at the end where they have to give, like, a hostage money to somebody. Oh, uh, yeah. And then there's a big chase that goes on about like, oh, this group is, you know, he's got the hostage guy in one scene. You got to have like a couple brothers who are following them around and making them do stuff. Again, not the most amazing scene, but I understood what was going on and what the consequences of them saying, oh, turn here, or do a U-turn. That's all. That's all I want. I just want to understand what's going on and, you know, feel like it's a realistic scenario. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not even saying I'm not even saying it's the most amazing movie. I'm just no, saying it, they did the bare minimum, and the gray man did not. Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess like the, and I, I really, I can't hold any of the things that I gripe that I am griping about the roundup. I can't hold it against it because it's more so because I'm dumb and not the movie. Because like I like. In the the whole um, the hostage situation scene, I like there were certain parts where I didn't know like like it, it's the same issue that you had with the prog fight. Like I don't know who these two guys are with axes who are coming across these guys in the van. 
and they just all start killing each other and I don't know who's killing who and why. And then it was explained like it, it made sense after because someone said like, uh, uh, I, I forget what it is. Something like there was mer mercenaries there uh, hired by one guy while the two axe guys were hired by the main bad guy. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not going to spend too much time on that because I'm sure it probably made sense to other people. Um, so whether I could tell characters apart or not, as a white person, I can't admit that. <laughs> but I, I will say at least for the second half of the movie i knew who all of the characters were yeah I, and sorry i should make that clear as well <laughs> i as the movie went on i did understand like it's not literally every in the movie i, I didn't I, like i couldn't tell them apart <laughs> just i disclaimer anyone want, anyone listening i I'm, I'm not i i can tell people apart i don't think all Koreans look the same. I, I will say that there was definitely like parts in the roundup where I wasn't sure who was hiring who because <laughs> yeah. there there's the one scene where the two kind of main bad guys with axes are being ambushed by a group of mercenaries who have been hired by a rich guy. And at that point, like they introduced the mercenaries and I was like, I don't know who these guys are, where they hire, like which side are they on? I'm, do they, do the crazy guys report to these guys and they're here for their money or were they hired by the rich guy? Like I didn't, get that but i understood the concept of they are in this apartment to ambush these two guys these guys you know you see off in the screen like they see it coming so they ambush them um but also instead of going around he just walks in the front doors which kind of again shows his character as a bad guy which is like kind of badass and it's it's <laughs> a good scene like there there's legitimately good stunt actors and like the fighting is decent um, which for yeah. me, I was more entertained by that fight than any of the scenes in the gray man. But again, and I'll say it again, not the most amazing movie, <laughs> just the bare minimum. We'll pin that. We'll pin that <laughs> comment. Okay. Um, I, I think one, another note about the roundup and actually a lot of, um, Asia, like this includes like Indonesian movies, like Indonesian action movies, Korean, I think Japanese falls in there as well. Thai that that i've seen um and i think maybe it's the it has to do with the availability of of guns in those countries but it's a lot of knife fighting and this is all like right now this whole point i'm making is 100 percent preference um but i i don't like watching people fight with knives because like any like cutting or stabbing just like ugh, makes me like cringe because i just like I don't know if I'm just more used to see as like as a dumb Westerner, I'm used to seeing people get shot all the time. It just seems like if I were in that situation or just if I had to see someone, this sounds terrible, but <laughs> if, if I had to see some in a movie, sorry, add that. If I just see someone get shot rather than get stabbed, I would always rather someone get shot. Cause it's like, you can disconnect the damage from the, the action a lot easier and just like stabbing and cutting is like gross to me. Uh, yeah. Okay. I guess that's just preference. Like I would rather yeah. see a knife fight because I want to understand that violence has consequences. And there's so many times that I see guns where it's just like, you go click, click, and then somebody falls <laughs> down and it's like, 
it's like he gave him a, a sleep pill or something um and it's like you're almost like so disconnected from the violence that there doesn't seem to be any consequences and for me it's boring to just see 20 people get shot and it's like okay i'd rather see that there's something to be afraid of yeah and, and like i 100 percent get that i like it's definitely a lot more palatable which is a horrible thing to think about or say especially considering like the world today um and i think we're getting into something a little deeper than these than these fun dumb action movies right now but like um yeah uh i, I don't know if i want to keep going down that road um um so the one thing i'll say is like you can make uh, I, I don't just want to say it's boring because it has guns because one thing i was thinking about when i was watching this and other movies when i see gun violence is comparison to the movie heat uh which i'm not sure mm. you've seen but like yeah that at, at one point at the end they go out into the street there's like a big shootout and like guns seem legitimately scary like they are crazy loud and it's like anytime a gun goes off you're almost like frightened or like flinching a little bit and it's a really really good shooting fight scene um so it's like i don't want to say that just because it's gun it's boring because like there are examples of doing it really well but i just feel like some movies get to the point where it's just lazy it's just like bad filmmaking to just i don't know shoot a bunch of blanks yeah. around and, um, and you could yeah. maybe even say like a little um what's the word irresponsible because then yeah that's how you get to where i am where you're just completely desensitized by like gun, gun, gun violence, violence is okay <laughs> yeah i'd rather see that than you say something stupid like that on a podcast um <laughs> but actually i was gonna make that point because i think michael mann also who did he mm. and sorry i'm going i'm going to go a little bit off on a tangent really quickly but michael mann who directed heat also did collateral mm. um i don't know if you've seen that one yep. tom cruise is the villain and his hair is all white for some reason but he's an assassin and like all like much smaller scale than heat because he's like just going around like he's a, going around assassinating people it's not a huge gunfight in the street but every time someone shoots their gun i remember and this was before like i knew about directors and stuff but every time he would someone would shoot a gun it like you said it's really loud it's jarring it's scary you don't like it and i think that's something that michael mann does really well um but yeah maybe let's more of that so people don't like guns anymore maybe i'm gonna take this tangent even further uh, apparently there is a a novel about heat 2 that people said was too big to ever make into a movie it needs to be a tv series but michael mann has now said he's going to make like a four-hour movie about heat 2 um which i hope gets made because oh. i really liked heat one yeah i actually watched heat one for the first time like a few weeks ago <laughs> did you see the comparisons to the dark knight uh? the crew of dark knight had heat playing like on loop because they were copying it and like referencing it so much throughout the dark knight i'm gonna have to watch that back i didn't i mean a, a little bit maybe but we'll uh influence from like we'll a crime movie type thing yeah um okay getting back to the gray man the one fight scene that i did like uh, which comes up after the the prog big fight scene is the hospital fight scene um, which <laughs> I, I know you made some jokes about but it was the only one that i liked and i felt that it was confusing because it showed that these filmmakers could make a fight scene that you lock the camera down and see what the characters are doing yes it gets silly for one particular part but <laughs> i felt that i actually just liked a good old-fashioned you know bunch of sharp objects in a room fight each other type scene 
Yeah, I, I, I think that has more to do with, like, people, when watching a big, quote-unquote, big movie like this, they just want to see, like, they want to be amazed. So, like, I, I think regular hand-to-hand punching, kicking, cutting, fight scene, like, small scale, um, where you actually understand the consequences more rather than, like, CGI smoke everywhere, fireworks shooting, like, like you get a lot more of that in a movie like this than than the hospital fight scene, which, I mean, yes, I I also enjoyed that. Um, I'm kind of realizing your point now because the one part of that fight scene that you're mentioning that completely just, I don't remember a whole lot. I didn't remember a whole lot else about the hospital fight scene because of this one <laughs> moment. And it's the moment where the, the, the Tamil assassin, I'm not being racist. That's what he's called in the movie. Um, he, he gets defibrillated by Ryan Gosling and doesn't even fall down. Like he stays on his two feet. He doesn't lose consciousness or anything. I don't, maybe I'm wrong about how defibrillators <laughs> work, but I feel like you should instantly die. <laughs> Uh, I rewatched um, that today um, because you made that comment before. He does like, he has to shake it off. But yes, it's, <laughs> he probably has, it would have been worse off. Um, and not only does he not die, he takes the defibrillator out of Ryan Gosling's hand and then starts swinging it around and hitting them in the face with it. <laughs> he continues fighting like well um, after being defibrillated, which is, I, I, I think that, I think that was the moment in the movie where I was like, yeah, this is really dumb and I like it. <laughs> um, but like, no, I actually like that scene. Not because of that. Like, whatever. <laughs> I First time I watched it, I didn't even really care about that. Like, I'll give it a pass for a dumb movie like that. It's like, okay, he didn't die with the defibrillator, whatever. Um, but it's like, okay, you had sharp objects. You had people fighting in a room. It, it worked for me. Um, maybe that guy is just a better action person than like Ryan Gosling or Chris Evans. So they could get away with it more. Um, <laughs> but like, I, I mean, he also has a fight later on with Ana de Armas one-on-one and which is poorly shot in just like a million cuts over and over and kind of hides the action. Yeah. But like, I like that. That's probably like my favorite character in the movie. He seemed like decent. Um, but I like that scene. It, it was, it was okay. How did you feel about the end of that fight scene where Ryan Gosling throws Anna de Armas, uh, or no, sorry, Anna de Armas gives Ryan Gosling an unloaded gun to kill the assassin with, and that's like a whole little like running joke for the rest of the last third of the movie for some reason. I I didn't care about that. Like <laughs> rewatching it, he does try to like. He throws the gun and then you see him pick up shells as if he was intending to also throw that. And then it's like, I feel like this is one of those, um, I don't know if you've seen the YouTube channel cinema since, but they go through and they point out every single thing that's wrong. And I feel like this is one of those things where you can get away with throwing a loaded gun. And most people in the audience will not know that that's a thing that people would not actually do. But because some YouTube channel says you shouldn't throw a loaded weapon and people who are spies know not to do that, that they had to put in a scene to respond to the cinema sins. And it's like, okay, that's a little nitpicky. And these were the same guys. I think it was during civil war was like the height of it where they, the, the Russo brothers actually said they made uh civil war 
with cinema spins in mind and made a note to not do any of the things which is like i'll be nitpicky on movies but you can get away with things if your movie is good if you get too far into just not being not doing things that other people are pointing out then you're making a movie that's a response to twitter instead of just making a movie um, a good example going back to dark knight there's a lot of things you can nitpick about dark knight but you don't care because it's a good movie and you like the characters and you can understand what's going on as a whole so it's like those don't matter whereas like i feel like the russo brothers spend too much time responding to cinema sins yep and then you get some well not by the russo brothers but then you also get something like uh, the last jedi where you try to fake everyone out because of what everyone's saying online yeah which... it's, it's too much of a response which that was actually another point i was going to make a comparison to the disney movies is what i'm calling rise of skywalker syndrome which is <laughs> let's move to the next scene before people can think about what's going on right now because <laughs> yeah. we go from like singapore to mongolia to hong kong to vienna to prague and to croatia and it's just like there's way too many locations just let me like understand what's going on for a little bit here yeah we can just for completely forget that prague exploded <laughs> like five minutes ago because we're in a hospital now zero consequence <laughs> yeah um, um actually that one more point about that it, it's funny because i i think um disney is is doing or they're they're trying to fix that or maybe not fix that but they're using that um but not in the same movie just because they've they've built this universe for so long and throughout so many series and movies like uh multiverse of madness did this and like a lot of sorry a lot of marvel movies now are are doing this because they're calling back to um to, to things that people did in earlier Marvel movies. Like, for example, in Multiverse of Madness, when Doctor Strange meets his old surgeon co-worker, and he's saying, like, oh, uh, my my lost my brother and my cat and my boyfriend or something like that. Um, like, did you really have to, like, give Thanos the time stone type thing? Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think maybe they're, they're, they're learning now that there has to be consequences, but, like, only after like a span of 20 movies um so it's not really it's it's kind of hard for them to to do that in the span of one and a half hour gray man <laughs> yeah Which i don't know excuse, if i can suggest like better ways to do that because yeah if you're gonna make 20 movies at some point people are gonna start to point out inconsistencies i'd rather they just <laughs> ignore them that was one of my biggest issues with star wars even before disney started was like they felt the need to have to explain so much it's like okay Han Solo said the term parsecs, which doesn't make any sense. Instead of just ignoring it, it's like, now we have to build a whole story to explain it. Now. Let's make a whole movie explaining why he said that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like, that's, I'm not going to be nitpicky on if they don't make 20 movies all line up. It's like, I'm okay with that. Just make, yeah. I, I want to sit down and watch one movie and just understand what's going on in that particular movie. Um, Getting up to the end of The Gray Man. I don't have a whole lot to complain about the big finale um, with exception of it was boring and disappointing when Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans finally fight. Um, I had mentioned early on that they don't give us a lot of information about Ryan Gosling. At some point at the end, Chris Evans is drowning him and we get to learn that his dad was drowning him at one point and he learned to fight back because of that. 
that'd be really good to have like some foreshadowing on or like you know understand that about the character because they really just like throw that in um mm. but it's like so the one thing i was thinking about as because there's one scene where you see chris evans and ryan gosling walk up to each other and i was reminded of the end of raid 2 uh, which is an unfair comparison because that's like the best action movie of all time in my opinion but you have like the kitchen fight scene in raid 2 where you have your big villain and your protagonist kind of meet and have like a really good scene where they do a little like playful cutting and bent like before it starts to get really intense and i almost feel like that's what they were trying to do with that scene where it was like uh ryan gosling gets a good shot in on chris evans and then he like sits on a bench and dumps rocks out and then like later on he pulls out a knife and gets like one cut in and walks away and it's like they wanted to build up to it but it's just like i I don't think any of those actors could really fight that well and so it was kind of like a disappointing fight scene but it's like that's the whole movie is those two versus each other and it yeah. doesn't really amount to much at the end. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, like, the the last, like, that ending, the, well, most of the ending didn't really matter a whole lot to me. I was a little checked out at that point just because, like, it, it had come down a lot. And so when it comes, it's like, after blowing up cities and, like, defibrillating people and, like, all this crazy shit, like, them, Chris Evans and Ryan Gosling fighting one-on-one didn't really matter a whole lot to me, which is probably goes against my support of the movie but um on top of that like all i could think about while they were fighting is that you could have just let anna de armas shoot him i mean much actually you could have shot him because he but he had to do the whole cool guy thing where you just like throw away your bullets because you want to fight and then it kind of almost resulted in your death by stabbing um it's like I don't know why I have a more of a problem with that than all the other stupid things that happened in the movie, but yeah, I don't know. It It's fine. <laughs> I'd also like to point out at that scene that like, so he has like the girl kidnapped and he's like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to shoot her. And then he has the flare gun and he like shoots it off by her face. And it's like, I'll do it. It takes a really long time to reload a flare gun. You can't just like <laughs> yeah. shoot it and then be like, I'm going to shoot another one. It's like they're, they're single <laughs> shot. Um, but like that's the type of fight scene that I would have wanted to see that movie end with, which is kind of like that. It's, it's the opposite of Avengers Endgame, where they took a, an actual good story and then said, fuck it. We'll just have everyone fight. It's like, they took a movie in the gray man where it's everyone fighting. And then it's like, okay, let's care about our two main characters having like a final moment in the sunset and you know, all that. Yeah. So good concept, bad execution which is what I would say about most of the gray man. Like I liked the idea of it, but it was just poorly executed. Contrast that to the roundup again, not amazing, but you get a scene where it's like, he, we finally tracked down Kang. He's sitting on a bus. He's almost escaped. And then he just comes in and just beats the shit out of him, which was hilarious (laughs) that it wasn't even like up for debate. And then like punches him out of like the bus window. Yeah. That, that, funny enough, that was probably like the, my favorite part of the roundup because I, I like call back to uh, one of our previous episodes when we were talking about like I, I don't know action movies or action fight scenes, and I I called out one of my favorite ones stupidly as uh, The Rock versus Vin Diesel in one of the Fast and Furious movies um, because they're just like punching through cinder block <laughs> pillars and like throwing each other through walls and stuff and like I just got 
vibes of that so much every time um i had to look up his name ma sorry i'm gonna and i'm gonna, I'm gonna butcher it after looking it up ma dong siok i think he also just goes by donnie ma donnie ma i think he has an american name. i forget if it's donnie oh or not, okay i think he does well yeah main guy um uh, who was also in Train to Busan and Gilgamesh uh, from Eternals, but like he, 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 I forgot what I was even saying. Um, oh yeah, just like every time he was fighting someone, I feel like he has like the Vin Diesel clause in his contract <laughs> um, because he, he can never be in trouble in a fight, um, and he's literally like punching the the villain through like bus seats and like bus poles and the the bus window like you said oh and he put like he finishes him off by punching his head through a car windshield it's funny because like i'm the one that should usually be annoyed by that like i should be (laughs) taken out but i just found because it's like otherwise like outside of his character it's a pretty grounded movie like nothing too crazy (laughs) happens and then just like out of nowhere it's like unreasonably ridiculous strength which is like yeah okay i'll i'll buy it for comedic effect every once in a while (laughs) But then, and like going a little more into the roundup, that's this is something I wanted to ask you, like, because it's, I, it, there's it's weird because it is goofy at some points, like with the captain, he's obviously supposed to be like the silly guy, and then you have uh, Donnie, um, good old Donnie, uh, just like throwing people through walls and like just never in trouble, even though he's facing down like two guys with machetes, um, and then. But, like, in the fights, there's, like, guys getting chopped up, like, a machete, like, get, like, the captain gets a machete to the chest, and, like, his friends are getting stabbed, and, like, meanwhile, they're, and then they're, like, they'll, five minutes later, they'll, like, do something silly and, like, joke around. So, like, I I couldn't tell if it was supposed to be goofy or, like, serious, because, like, and maybe this goes back to, like, the whole, like, shooting versus stabbing, like, understanding the consequences, um, and we're just not con- like used to that, but yeah, it, it, it was a little, uh, all over the place for, for me, which I, I mean, I didn't like that because I think the, the movie was grounded in the characters like that, those cops, they're being likable. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I hate is when you have like comedic movies like that. And then the villains are just not a consequence at all. Like you never feel threatened by them. And it did feel like it it took that turn where it's like, oh shit, these guys actually, like, I wasn't expecting that type of violence in a movie that seems like it's kind of a goofy comedy movie. And so it added a bit of weight to it and then you kind of go that back and forth. I I think they are, the cops are serious enough at times that it's not like they are just goofing off and it's, like, it's, (laughs) I oddly enough want to compare it to, like, Rush Hour, which I know is probably, like, a sin for you. Um, (laughs) But it's like, I felt like they were likable, but the villains in the Rush Hour, like the whole trilogy, it's like you you generally take them serious. You know that they are a threat. And it's like the the tones, like I get your point that it's it does change quite drastically, but the balance worked for me. Um, whereas like it, it wasn't like The Last Jedi where you felt like you were in a completely <laughs> different movie, one for kids and one for adults. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess. And funny you should mention Rush Hour, like the whole, the, the, the sequence when they went to, I think, Vietnam the first time, like uh, with, with him and the captain, mm-hmm. it, it kind of felt like Rush Hour. And I, I can't explain why. I think it was just because they were in a, it was just like 
literally just because of uh, in a different country and one's silly and one's not. And mm -hmm. like, that's it. They're like investigating something which doesn't matter. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> um, I do yeah. wonder if it makes more sense if I had watched the first one. Because they, and that was actually one other thing I'm going to compare between these two movies. Quirky character who gets used for part of the storyline, um, the passport guy in The Gray Man who like locks him in the, the trap door versus mm -hmm. the like goofy illegal immigrant in The Roundup. The guy from the, like, they immediately shoot the passport guy and the, the Vienna trap door guy in The Gray Man and then he's like, he's not used very well. Whereas like the guy from The Roundup, they keep using him and he comes back in like multiple scenes as like part of the plot. And I actually like, oh yeah liked that use of kind of the goofy character and i think they alluded to him being in the first movie as if he was like someone that they ran into and had a history i don't know i, I haven't seen the first one but it's like you know less characters grounded like give me less locations and it means more because you can do more with that goofy character as opposed to like passport guy you kind of just forget about um because he gets shot immediately <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah I, I guess yeah that i mean it was a little strange to me, or like, it was a little confusing to me when he started, like the, pa uh, not passport guy, the, uh, what was the other guy? Illegal immigrant the, guy? Yeah, the illegal alien, um, they called him. Yeah, yeah. And when he like started helping them, like not just supported them, like he was fully in like the, the hostage uh, situation sequence. Like he mm -hmm. played a big role in it. Like he was supposed to keep the, yeah. the, uh, the wife safe. And keep the money safe both at the same time, which I thought was yeah an that they trusted choice. him. And then there's like the weird scene where they like tell him to put his balls in his hands so he can squeeze them, and it's like okay, maybe there's more history between those characters. I don't understand. Is that what was happening? Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, for context, for anything, I feel like I should explain this for anyone listening. But like, there's a scene when the, when he's first introduced, I guess, in this movie. I don't know if he was introduced in the last one, but um, he's like he's kind of. Um, uh, he, he's he's trying to get him to give him information. Sorry, the the main Donnie is trying to give illegal alien or trying to get illegal alien to give him information about mm. something. Um, and he's like holding his hand out and he's counting <laughs> to three. And the, the guy just like yeah, like you said, he just <laughs> jumps up and like puts his balls in his hand <laughs> so he can like crush them. I, I I didn't know if I like if it was just bad editing and he actually like went up and grabbed him or no no I, he definitely put his hand out and the guy just went there but like I assume yeah. that's explained in the first movie otherwise it doesn't make any sense <laughs> anyway I like yeah. that character more like he added a goofiness to the movie that I don't know like comedic side character it works not yeah. like the best character just like does his job yeah. I, I yeah, and just to the extent that they used him, which was surprising to me. But um, yeah, I I I liked that. I, I I liked the use of him, so I'll agree with that. And that's that's the end of my list of things I'm annoyed about <laughs> in the Gray Man. I'm not sure if you had other arguments for or against. I and mean, we didn't talk about the Roundup too much. Um, I don't know if you had other points about that one. No, I mean, like I, I made my point. Um, and also I can't gripe too much about it because like uh, again the language barrier and it, it's a lot of it was confusing to me but i'm not going to hold it against that movie um it, it just i think it just goes to show the fact that i i liked the bus fight <laughs> more than anything in the roundup was just it, it just shows what i like and um 
it's a matter of preference, really. But uh, so here's I a question can... for you: If the first movie that the Roundup is a sequel was, if it was just like sitting on Netflix, would you go watch it, or were you just like, nah, not interested? I would watch it, but I would watch the Gray Man two before <laughs> I watched <laughs> um, the yeah, the like the the first Roundup movie. I'm actually looking at it right now on IMDb because I am curious. Um, but yeah. The, the Gray Man 2 will probably most definitely happen. Maybe they'll have Ryan Reynolds in the next one as the villain. I mean, Maybe. that at this point would not be surprising to me at all. I thought he was but retired, but he keeps doing stuff. Retired? He said he was retiring to like be a full-time dad, and then he oh, signed up okay. for more movies. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah. Um, well, the the the... Tamil Assassin is definitely going to be back uh, because he just decided not, to, he decided to stop fighting. Is he um, famous in Bollywood movies or other? Because like, he seems like he's a decent actor. You are asking the <laughs> wrong person. <laughs> um, but let's do a quick uh, search live on the, his name on IMDb is Danush. Uh, he has one name like Adele. It, it kind of feels like he was added to the movie to kind of reach that audience and that he might be somebody famous. But I, again, also have no idea about all of those movies from that part of the world. Yeah, which is interesting because like you, it's usually a Chinese person um, included in the movie for that reason. Um, but he like he's been in 57 movies. I I can't read any of their titles except for The Gray Man. Um, I mean, I, I did like him in the gray man um, i'm okay with him coming back for gray man too he can take the anna de armas role of of helping him yeah i mean while also keeping and anna de armas right at the same time sure why not <laughs> I'm gonna, i actually I'm gonna think anna de armas is a is a good actress and i'm hoping blonde gets her some recognition because most people like so she can do she's like what? bimbo actress and people are like oh she's good looking but it's like she, yes but also good actress she she is actually i don't even think that she's um like uh not portrayed or like presented I think as bimbo, bimbo actress. is the wrong word but like for her looks more than anything yeah i mean because like knives out where is when like the first thing i saw her in and she i i liked her in that not because of her looks, more so because of her acting and her character. Um, Presumably, you also saw her in Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Oh yeah, I did. <laughs> so that was, but let's not talk about that. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's yeah, that's all I have to say about that. Presumably, you would uh, recommend Gray Man over the Roundup to anyone who has not seen either. I actually was thinking about that and I would, <laughs> I mean like just because it, and it's not even a knock against the roundup. The gray man is just more, uh, more palatable or like it, it's more basic and like easier to watch than the roundup. Um, I usually, I don't have like issues with, I'll, like, I'll, I'll watch a movie with subtitles. So I'll watch like foreign movies. I don't have problems with that. Um, but I mean, if, if I am, if I do have the choice, I, I would watch, I would watch mashed potatoes over, <laughs> um, I don't know, 
just kidding. I was gonna say kimchi, but that's not that's not good. Um, I I can't like. So gray man is, is mashed potatoes in this. Gray man is mashed potatoes because it's like comforting and easy, uh, and the roundup is uh, <laughs> well okay. Take it like <laughs> this is this is bad. Um, the, the roundup is uh, I'll say kimchi not because of the Korean thing, but like it's it's good. I like kimchi, but I don't always want kimchi because it's like spicy and it's a strange, not a strange taste. I'm just gonna stop. <laughs> I I like the roundup for all the reasons that you're saying you like the gray man more. For me, it was just easier to watch, easier to follow. I understood who the characters are. I understand what the stakes in the villain are. And, you know, things happened and the good guy won. Yay. Didn't think about it too much more. Um, whereas yeah, the gray man, yeah. I, I, I'm i a new parent. I don't sleep much. I don't want to think about movies as much as I did a couple years ago. I watched the gray man and I was thinking the whole time about everything that was wrong with it. So I had to think way too much. My brain was turned on. I wanted it to be turned off. I, I think, yeah, that is, I think you're the only one that I would ever hear say that, which is not a bad thing. But uh, Please, uh, I, if you I disagree uh, listening to this, at Houston, we have a podcast on Instagram. Please tell me someone out there agrees with me. <laughs> I have not heard I, any I know, agreeing opinions yet. I know who to, agree, I, I know who to suggest the gray man to, and I know who to suggest the roundup to. Let's put it that way. Maybe that's, that's better. And so I don't have to talk about mashed potatoes and kimchi because that was just <laughs> stupid. I'm sorry. It's staying um, up. I'm not cutting that. Um, <laughs> that's fine. Let's end it off I'll... there. Um, we also wanted to talk briefly about some upcoming movies and TV shows. Actually, the only thing I wanted to talk about was Blonde and saying that I'm looking forward to that, and I hope it's good and it's on Netflix, so... I'm going to watch it. That's all. You want to talk about I, something else? I do. I mean, before before we move on from Blonde, I just wanted to ask you, I, I saw on like, I don't know if it was Twitter or something, something social media about people saying, just let Marilyn Monroe be dead and stop um, making movies and stuff about her. How do you feel about that? So it's worth saying that the movie is based on a book that is not intending to be accurate. Like it's not saying, hey, here's a 100% accurate mm -hmm. version of her life it's more like a stylized version um i don't really know much about marilyn monroe so i don't really care about it from that perspective <laughs> um i care about the movie because andrew dominic is a good director who comes out of the shadows every seven years and makes a good movie and then disappears and this is the one that he has decided to make um this decade and i'm okay with that i'll, I'll watch whatever he puts out there Cool. Um, his other work, Assassination, Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford, good Brad Pitt movie. Um, and then he made a movie, Chopper, which is kind of a hyper-violent, weird movie from, I don't know, 2000, I think, or something. Um, but yeah, he just makes solid movies that are well-acted, well-directed. And so I just hope that this is another one. Cool. I might actually watch Blonde. It's on Netflix. It's free. Um, yeah. Well, that's fine. <laughs> um, I wanted to uh, bring up uh, Andor, which uh, is a strange uh, combination of a character that I do not like or care about uh, and a story that I am interested about. Um, so it's, I mean, it's the 
the it's it's the newest Star Wars series that's coming out soon on Disney Plus. Um, following Cassian Andor, who is the spy guy in Rogue One, uh, which is the best new Star Wars movie out of all of them. <laughs> I'm sure Carson would agree. Um, and yeah, it's just showing how he did his spy thing. I think it's not the trailer hasn't given a whole lot away, uh, but it actually looks like and probably say this a lot or like a lot of people say this every time a new Star Wars series comes out like, oh, it's new stuff like they're not going to do the same Skywalker lightsabers X-Wing <laughs> TIE fighter. Um, <laughs> it, um, I, I genuinely feel well, oh, sorry. With a grain of salt, I genuinely feel that way about this series. Hopefully, Disney has listened a little bit um, to that, like those those complaints about just everything in Star Wars is the same right now, um, and it's telling a different story, and it's not like just fan service like Kenobi. I, I am for everything I've said against Rogue One. I am very okay with the Andor <laughs> TV show that I've seen so far because I like I agree what you're saying about Disney. Like throw in all the things you've already seen, Kenobi fan service, and even Mandalorian season two and Book of Boba Fett. That it's just the cameos overtook the story. Mandalorian season was season one was good because it was just its own thing. Somebody going on an adventure, a couple characters, you get to like the characters. Andor, if I had to make a prediction, I think Andor season one will be good. I think it'll get some attention. And then in season two, name every character that is available <laughs> for them in that time period, which is many. And they're all going to come in on their own episode. <laughs> and it's going to lose everything that everyone liked about it. So I'll watch season one and I, I won't care about season two, even though I'll probably watch it anyway. That's Oddly it. enough, so I, I say I'm always going to hate these things and then I watch them anyway. I have successfully not watched the last two Disney Plus Marvel shows. I'm proud of myself for finally like quitting what I know <laughs> is bad for me. Um, Which two were Miss they? Marvel and She-Hulk. Uh, oh, okay. I probably actually will watch She-Hulk at some point. It does seem like an interesting concept. I don't know if it's any good or not. Um, I don't know. Maybe I just seem sexist now because I quit on those shows. <laughs> I feel like you might stop watching She-Hulk after the first episode. I I did skip Miss Marvel. I I watched like half of the first episode and I I kind of wasn't into it. I'm probably going to continue it cuz I just want to know what happens and I have to uh I have to continue my Marvel subscription in my brain. Um I, I probably and... also will watch them at some point. <laughs> so completely disregarding everything you just said. Um <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, cool. I'll watch Andor. Why not? <laughs> I want, like, as much as I hate these shows, I want to like them. I want them to come out with something good. Um, but the, the hope is fading. You think it'll ever fade completely? <laughs> My best hope for Marvel and Star Wars is that it gets, actually, the worse it gets, the more open to risk they are. Like, you look at um, X-Men kind of died, and because of that, <laughs> we got Logan. Um, oh, yeah. The MCU was starting, not starting to fade, because obviously they were building up to the Avengers, but, like, they took a property like Guardians of the Galaxy, which they 
really didn't care whether like I'm sure they wanted it to succeed, but they took risks and it was good. So I'm I'm hoping that we start seeing such bad Marvel and Star Wars things that it makes them lose hope and go, okay, we'll give director that no one has heard of right to do whatever story they want to do because we want to try something new and it ends up being really good. And they'll just have to ignore everything else until then. Fair. All right. Let's end it off there. I never said spoilers for Gray Man. You've already now heard the entire <laughs> thing. Watch it if you want to. Go check out the roundup. Sure, why not? Um, or don't. I also don't feel opinionated enough about the roundup <laughs> to be offended if you don't want to go watch it. Um, and we will whatever outro. Tune in again next month or whatever. Blah blah blah. <laughs>